It is Easter Sunday 2020, and I'm going to be honest with you. If you told me we would all be in separate houses because of a global quarantine, because of a global pandemic, I would have said that you're crazy three months ago. But here we are, and we're experiencing all the disruption and all the crazy and even the suffering of this season. I'm going to say this right now because I believe we need this word today. I believe that God is doing something in this He's doing something not only in Waymaker Church, he's doing something in the global church, but I also believe he's doing something in the world. He's getting our attention in a way that is going to be earth-shattering. It is going to be a pivot point in the era of human history. And you and I are a part of it. And I think he's going to light a fire in us today that we're never going to forget about. Now, here's what I want to do, Waymaker Church. I want us to participate right now in the ancient Christian greeting on Easter, and that is, He is risen, He is risen indeed. When our forefathers and foremothers would greet each other on this day, one would say, He is risen, the other would respond in kind. So here we go. Anybody in the room with you, you recite it after me. I'm going to say, He is risen, and you say, He is risen indeed, and make it count. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Come on. Come on. Today, Waymaker Church, this word starts with this idea of who's going to carry the baggage. Now, when I talk about baggage, you might immediately start thinking about backpacks, just like this one. When I was a kid, my mom took me to Kmart, got me a Jansport backpack so I could put my notebooks and my pencils and my trapper keepers in it. And I would carry a backpack all through school. I would carry one in college. I got a briefcase when I, got, when I graduated from college. And today I carry one of those man bags. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, it smells like leather and you can carry it. You can put it on your shoulder. You get what I'm saying. Here's what I mean by baggage, though. I'm not just talking about the backpacks we carry on our shoulders. I'm talking about the baggage that we try to carry in our soul. What am I talking about? I'm talking about blame. I'm talking about brokenness, and I'm talking about burdens, blame. That's what we feel when we sin, when we know we have done wrong by ourselves, by others, and by God. We know it. We feel that blame. We feel it come over us. And it comes from different places, but it's blame. Brokenness. That is what happens in our relationships with other human beings, with God, and with the creation, with all the things in our life, that our sin affects. But not only our sin, it's the brokenness that we feel from other people's sin. You see, we feel that from them too. And burdens. We put the burdens in our soul, and that is the burdens of this broken world. We experience natural disasters. We experience pandemics like COVID-19. We experience personal struggles in our home and in our families, in our relationships. And it weighs on our souls. It causes stress and distress in our life. Now, psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists, they, they say we deal with these things, the baggage, if you will, in two major ways. First is learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. This is sort of a victim perspective. We tell ourselves the story, I am powerless to control anything, carry anything in my life. And so what the victim perspective and that story 
tell, telling goes is somebody else has got to carry it for some other flawed baggage carrying human being or group of human beings have got to carry it for me. And so the victim mindset or perspective goes around trying to put their baggage on, well, it's your fault and it's your responsibility. And that might be where some of you are. You, you've shifted to that perspective, especially when the stress of this current age is upon you. The other one is this. It's the self-determination. It's the workhorse perspective. It's the story that we tell ourselves that I am the only power that can control or carry anything. I'm the only power that can change anything in my life. And some of you have tried to take on that baggage. You are carrying it day after day, week after week, season after season of your life, and it is weighing you down. You are so weighed down, your your back's about to crumble, especially in times of stress and distress, especially during a global pandemic. Now, here's what we're going to see today. Our souls were not designed to carry the baggage. Nope. We can't carry blame in our souls. We can't carry brokenness of the human condition in our soul. We can't carry the burdens of this crazy weighty, heavy life. So who's going to carry the baggage? Who's going to carry it? In fact, I want, you to, I want you to look to the person beside you, whether it's your wife or your kid or your uncle or your cousin Eddie. Just say, who's going to carry the baggage? Just, just say it right now. Who's going to carry the baggage? Right? Who's going to carry it? Well, it's not you and it's nobody in the room because your soul and neither is theirs designed to carry blame brokenness, and the burdens of life. And that brings us to the question I want to answer today on this Resurrection Easter 2020 Sunday. How does Jesus' death and resurrection shift our perspective to tell a story of eternal hope, not a fleeting hope, not hopelessness? That's what that's what that victim storyline, that's what that workhorse storyline, that's where it goes. An eternal hope, no matter the circumstances, no matter if we're going through personal struggles or a global pandemic, no matter what, how does Jesus' death and resurrection shift our perspective? I want us to look at that today. So if you are following along in the Bible app, if you're following along uh, in the scriptures or you're following along on the screen, we're going to be in Luke chapter 24. Let me set this up. On the day of Jesus' resurrection, he appears to several different people and even some groups of people. Most of the time he says, hey, it's Jesus, I'm here, now go tell some people. Or he gives them instruction. This particular episode, though, Jesus doesn't tell the people that he comes alongside that he is Jesus resurrected. In fact, he kind of goes incognito. He wants to have a conversation with them and reveal some things to them on a slow walk. Sometimes Jesus wants to slow things down for us. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. And so he comes up on these two travelers who've just, just left the city of Jerusalem after three days, and they're forlorn, they're burdened, they're sad, they feel hopeless. Why? Because Jesus was crucified three days before. And he comes up on them, and they're talking about some things, and they're explaining some things, and Jesus says, what things? Jesus asks. In other words, what are you talking about? The things that happened to Jesus, the man of Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all 
the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. I want you to remember those three words. They crucified him. Verse 21. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. So I want us to capture this because this is huge. And, and, and if you're writing notes, I want you to write this down. God restores hope in three words. They crucified him. Jesus on a cross. Jesus on a cross took our baggage on his back. He took our blame. He took our brokenness. He took our burdens on his back. They crucified him. Not only was this not a surprise to God, not only did he permit it, he planned it. He planned it. And I'm going to tell you this. COVID-19 is not a surprise to God. It's not a surprise to God. He knew this was coming in 2020. He knew that we would be spending Easter 2020 this way. But he's doing something in it. And God was doing something in the crucifixion of Jesus. What was he doing? So that we are not defeated we are not orphaned. We are not condemned. We're not defeated, orphaned, or condemned. We're not defeated. We're not defeated by sin, evil, and death. It is no longer something that can point its finger at. It is no longer something that can push us around. It has been defeated. We are not orphaned. We are not by ourselves. We are not enemies of God. We are his sons and daughters, and we are welcomed into his family eternal right now as his church and forever in a new heaven and a new earth. We are not condemned. This life and the sins of this life and the burdens and the brokenness of this life do not condemn us. We have been made right with a holy God. He looks at us and he sees Jesus on a cross, his broken body, his blood shed. Yeah, come on, somebody. You feeling that? You feeling that? We Listen, that shifts our perspective. It shifts our perspective. It takes the baggage off of our backs and puts it on Jesus. It takes the baggage off of whoever else we're trying to put it on, and it puts it on Jesus. It says, though, that we had hoped. What does that mean? It means these men were feeling sad. It means they were feeling depressed. They were feeling distressed. But Jesus on a cross is going to shift that perspective from they had hoped to now they had have an eternal hope. And that's exactly what he's doing right here and right now in our time. Now, I want to keep moving. It says that Jesus shifts the conversation in verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scripture? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah had to suffer? Like, this was all the plan, that he was going to suffer, that he was going to be tortured, he was going to go on a cross. All things, all these things before he entered his glory or entering his glory. What is his glory? His glory is not some human throne or some political office. His glory is resurrection. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining the scripture, explaining 
explaining from all the scriptures to the things concerning him. Listen, check this out. Can you imagine being one of those travelers, being just where, where Jesus says, when Adam and Eve were pushed out of the garden, the Messiah was there. When Noah was on that ark, the Messiah was there. When Abraham, the Messiah was there. When Moses, on and on and on. Jesus unpacks Moses and the prophets and the poets, and he says, the Messiah was there the whole time. And I believe that is a word for you and me, that Jesus has been here the whole time. He's been here the whole time. And he is saying, look, you can look to my word. You can look to my, write this down. God restored hope in three more words. He is risen. He is risen. He's risen. He has entered his glory. What does that mean for you and me? So we are made new, we are empowered, and we are made eternal. We go from death to life. Our mind is made new. We are empowered with the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, and we are free. We are free and we are powerful and we are fearless to live in this life. We are eternal. We can wake up every day with the hope that this life is not the end, that we have an eternal life with our heavenly father and his great family forever. And Jesus will be the light. Man, that's powerful. And Jesus explains all of this. Listen, the Holy Spirit, in and through you and me, reveals the hope of Jesus' death and resurrection in all things. Yes, even global pandemics, in all things. When we look at the scriptures, in all things, he reveals that to you and me. Now, what happens? Here's here's the thing that happens. It says that these men were so enamored by this man who was with him that they didn't know was Jesus, that they said, you've got to come in and, and you've got to meet with us. You've got, to, you've got to have dinner with us. You've got to spend the evening with us. And, and so Jesus sits down and he sits around the dinner table with them and he breaks bread with him and he blesses it. And as soon as that happens, they recognize him as the resurrected Jesus. And as soon as they see him as the resurrected Jesus, Jesus' mission is accomplished with those guys, it says that he disappeared. He disappeared. Now, I want to I I catch the story in verse 32. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn? Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures? Listen, Waymaker Church, I believe that God is setting a fire in our hearts because of the death and resurrection revelation that we're getting again today. Just like these men, they were like mind-blown heart of fire. Man, we just saw all of this explained to us. We saw all our, 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 our perspective has shifted, shifted from this to something of hope. Jesus takes the baggage. And what happens? Verse 33. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. They weren't going back to Jerusalem defeated. They weren't going back to Jerusalem hopeless. They weren't going back to Jerusalem dejected with their heads down. They were going back to Jerusalem with their hearts on fire. 
and Jesus' death and resurrection explain to them that they are not defeated, they're not orphaned, they're not condemned, but they are made new, empowered, and eternal. And that set their hearts on fire, and they went to tell their story. They went back to Jerusalem, and they said, you have to know that Jesus is risen, and that changes everything. And Waymaker Church, the Holy Spirit is in us and around us and through us, reminding us all over again that no matter what the situation is, no matter what's going on, no matter what we're suffering, this life has purpose and meaning in the resurrection. Mm. Write this down. Jesus' death and resurrection restores our hope, renews our perspective, and compels us to share. That's what it does. It compels us. It says, you know what? Your heart is set afire now that you have this hope and this perspective. Now go tell your story. Go tell your story to your family and your friends and your neighbors. You don't have to preach to them. You don't need to yell at them. Just tell your story. How everything has changed for you. You have hope and you have a new perspective in life. Jesus took the baggage. He took the blame. He took the brokenness. He took the burden. It's not yours to carry and it's no other human beings to carry for you. Jesus took it. Whew. Last week, a friend of mine, Daryl Calfee, some of you know him, he's one of the elders in our church. He sent me a text that was sort of a stream of consciousness thought that he had where he was juxtaposing his life from two different perspectives. One perspective over here and then, and then a new perspective. And, and I, I asked him, I said, would you share this with, with our church on Easter Sunday? Would you, would you be willing to do that? And he said, Absolutely. And so I want you to, to see his story right now because I believe it brings home this word today. Um, a few nights ago, uh, after I put everybody to bed, I was just kind of having a rough day. Um, and like many of you guys, March 2020 has been a long year. Um, so I, I wanted to read you guys what I wrote, but at the same time, I didn't want this to come off cheesy um, or corny. Uh, I wanted it to be authentic. Um, and sometimes that's kind of hard to do as you reflect. But in this moment, if you guys would let me, I'd like to read you what I wrote. March 2020 has been a long year. Your wife has been battling stage three breast cancer while pregnant and taking chemo. She also has had a mastectomy. She's given birth after a long labor to your son and who had to spend a week in the NICU with her because of a global pandemic. School has been canceled and you're told to stay home and isolate with your nine and six year old who are looking to you daily for education and play since there's no childcare. Meanwhile, your company's business is slowing and your country's economy is headed towards, well, not a good spot. Oh, and the other form of income, real estate, has tenants who can't pay their rent and Airbnb guests who keep canceling. You're exhausted because you have a newborn. And well, there's no gym, it's my one place of sanity, um, because everybody is freaking out and you're trying to work remote. But since you have to be teacher and caretaker and chef and maid, you are literally hopping off one phone call to wipe somebody's bottom and also break up a fight or give someone pain meds. Or you can tell yourself this story. Your pregnant wife was diagnosed with an aggressive form of stage three breast cancer and she chose to halt treatment to save your son's life. They both survived chemo and a successful mastectomy that removed the cancer from her body. 
His birth was long, but it was natural, and this would allow her to return to cancer treatments in a window of proven success. While the global pandemic was occurring, you were able to shelter them both in a quarantined hospital for healing, which by the way, was fully covered by your insurance. And meanwhile, you've gotten to spend more time leading your daughters. Your wife and your son also got to re return home to a beautiful farmhouse filled with light and flowers and food, all from people that love you. Your company, while the sales are slowing, has chosen to hang on to you and your team. And actually, you're leading more now than you ever have before. And that real estate that you were so worried about, the banks have agreed to work with you and your residential tenants are covering your baseline. Your mother-in-law's school cancellation has allowed her to give you freedom to help in that education department. And you have been able to teach creek clearing and crawdad catching and golf cart driving classes in between money counting math classes and creative writing to your daughters. They're both excelling at it, by the way. Your wife, while in pain, is not throwing up, losing her hair, and this last round of chemo is not keeping her in the bed. Oh, and that little baby that she fought to save. He's healthy and whole enough to cry when he's hungry, to digest carefully collected milk that loving mothers from your community have donated. God has been good to you. I think it's real to think that Christ, as he hung on a cross and asked his father, like, why have you forsaken me? It's fair to ask that question, but we both know that that wasn't the end of the story. And I think for me, I get to choose which one I believe in. I get to choose in resurrection and I get to choose hope. I think the same goes for you. What a powerful story, Winnega Church. And you know, that's Daryl's story, but you have a story too. And I have a story too. God has lit a fire in each and every one of us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. He shifts our perspective. That's what it does. Easter 2020 is a perspective shift. It is a lighting of a fire in you and me. Now, I wanna wrestle with a couple questions here. First, where are you telling yourself a victim storyline? I just want you right where you are. Just, just say, you know, am I in that place where I'm, I'm trying to, to give my baggage to some other flawed, broken human being who has their own baggage? Instead of giving it to Jesus, right now, I want you to just say, no, it is Jesus who takes the blame. It is Jesus who takes the brokenness. It is Jesus who takes the burdens of my life. And literally or figuratively, just give it to him right now. Your spouse, your children, your, the people in your life, they're not set up to carry it for you. So give it to Jesus today. Next, where are you telling yourself a workhorse storyline? Where are you just working for it? You, you, you know that you're just trying to be good enough and you're trying to be smart enough and you're, and you're trying to be whatever enough to please God and to please people and you're carrying it on right now. Jesus took that on his back on a cross so you could, so your burdens would be light so that you are freed up to live new, empowered, eternal. Give it to Jesus right now. Take it off your back. You are not set up to carry it. And then finally, 
Who do you need to share your resurrection story with? Who is it? Right now, who, who, who's in your life? Maybe somebody right there in the room. And you know that you need to share the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it has changed your hope and your perspective. You don't have to preach at them. You don't have to, you, you don't have to teach at them. You just tell your story. And maybe you, you tell them today or tomorrow, you get on a FaceTime, whatever. But today is the day that you tell that story. This week is the week that you tell that story. Now, I know that some of you are in the room and you know that the moment that we began today, the moment that you, you leaned in today, that God has been pursuing you and you know that today is the day that you need to start a relationship with Jesus. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna lead you through a declaration. And there's nothing magical about this, but at the end of this declaration, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have counted to three and I just want you to raise your hand right there in the room. And so right now, I want you, if you, if you are ready to, to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want you to, one, I want you either quietly or out loud, just say, Heavenly Father, today I make you Lord of my life. I make you Lord of my life. And what you're saying is, I am no longer the leader. I am no longer the God of my life. I make the one true God my Heavenly Father. He is my Father today. Next. Two, I want you to declare in that same breath, I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and I believe that he's my savior. And today I accept eternal forgiveness for my sins, past, present, and future. And Jesus on a cross forgave you. You're forgiven. In that same breath, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit of God into your heart and into your mind and into your soul. The Holy Spirit right now is making your thoughts new. He is going to recreate you from the inside out. You are going to be a new creation in Christ. He is empowering you with spiritual giftings. He is going to remind you that you in this life are not mortal, but you are eternal. He is going to take the sufferings of this life and he is going to say, Jesus is here and Jesus he's going to explain to you that's the declaration that you've made today three right now I want you to raise your hand and say today is the day it doesn't matter who's in the room who you're with just raise your hand and if you're in the room right now and somebody's raising their hand I want you I want you to cheer them on right now and welcome them to the family of God mm. welcome to the family of God and if that's you, here's what I want you to do today. I want you to do one of two things. I want you to text the, uh, the, the number and the, the word, I believed today. I want you to, it, it'll be on the screen. Or you can go to the platform that you're on and you can click the button to say that today is the day that you believe in Father Jesus. We want to celebrate this with you. Waymaker Church, here's the thing. This has been a different Easter, no doubt about it. But it has been transformational. It's one like we will never never forget. I mean, God is doing something. He's lighting a fire in us. And we're going to take that back to Jerusalem, wherever Jerusalem is for you and me. And we're going to take it with a fire. Waymaker Church, go make a way. Go change.